Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings. With Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm recording from bed because it's really rainy and cold outside. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to do that, but I knew I was going to just knock everything over. So. How was your week? Um, it was okay. I really burnt myself last night cooking. So oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Me and Jacob made the uh, TikTok pasta thing. Yeah. Which is so good. 10 out of 10 recommend. If you haven't done it, everybody should do it. I haven't, but I want to. It's so good, so easy. But um, the racks in his oven are at a weird height because his brother um, does HelloFresh, and HelloFresh keeps telling him to change the rack heights. Oh, yeah, I never do that. (laughs) (laughs) I do HelloFresh, but I never actually change the rack heights. (laughs) Yeah, I just leave them on the center rack, like, all the time. But Unless something can't fit, and then I change them. Yeah, so the the racks are too close, so, like, when I tried to, like, grab the pan out, I just, like, hit my wrist to the uh, rack above it, so now I have a really great, um, like, brand from the oven. (laughs) Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it's not ideal, but... (laughs) Once again, we're recording in the morning. Yeah, it's very different. (laughs) Yeah, I've been working evenings, and I really hate it. (laughs) But tonight is my last night, kind Thank of. God. So yeah. tomorrow I only have to work until like 7 instead of 10. Oof. But I love my 7 to 3.30 schedule and I can't wait to go back to that. <laughs> yeah, everybody pray for Morgan. She's not an evening person. <laughs> no, I like shut down at like 4 p.m. <laughs> Alrighty. Anyway, what are we talking about today? So this week, we're talking about crystals. Yeah, but not just crystals. We are also talking about other rocks, minerals, gems, and all that jazz. The super fun, pretty stones. And but yeah, so some of them are just super cool and pretty, but apparently some of them may have some metaphysical properties. (laughs) I'm excited to learn because I... I have some crystals, but I just have them because they're pretty. I like holding them. I like don't really know anything about the energies or whatever. Yeah, so I'm not like the best person for the energy part of it. And like I didn't talk about chakras because they confuse me so much. Yes, I was reading about them. Oh my god, I just, like, there's so much that goes into it, and also, like, I just really liked the history of where we got a lot of these ideas from, Mm -hmm. so that was my main focus, but also, like, there are some really cool ones and stuff, but, so, for the purpose of this episode, we are basically just going to refer to everything as crystal or stone, I know that a lot of these are not crystals, and some of these aren't even stones or rocks, so... (laughs) I covered that a little bit in one of my sections, because <laughs> it gets yeah. confusing when it comes to the technical science of things. Yeah, it's, yeah, and I was talking about, I was talking to my sister, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm, we're going to do a crystal episode, and she was like, well, are you just doing crystals, or are you doing other stones, too? 
Yeah. I was like, yes, I mean, like, crystal as in the ones that people buy in the shops that have, like, <laughs> supposed to do things for you, so. Yes, I listened to that How Crystals Work Stuff You Should Know episode, and I listened to the Ologies Gemology episode. Oh, I love that one. And they both kind of covered that. They were like, yeah, <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, oh, like, when I say, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to the crystal store, like, I don't know. I might leave with, like, a piece of petrified wood, and that's not... (laughs) Or, like, a piece of amber, which isn't even technically a crystal. Yes. So, do you have a favorite crystal or stone? So, I feel obligated to say morganite. Yes. (laughs) But I don't actually have any morganite. (laughs) Yeah. I do, like, I'm a fan of jade, and I'm a fan of obsidian. Yes. Just because they're pretty, and they're nice to hold. Jade's a cool one because there's, like, so much history with it, and it was so important in, like, historically in, like, Chinese culture. Yeah, and even, like, when I was in New Zealand, they have New Zealand jade there, and it's different than regular. Oh, yeah, it's also super important to the, is it Maori? Yeah, the Maori indigenous culture there. Yeah. And I unfortunately lost my... Oh, New Zealand Jade. I'm hoping, still hoping it'll show up somewhere, but hopefully it will when you need it. <laughs> Guess I'll just have to go back. Darn. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really have a favorite because I love so many of them, but I think that like the one that I basically always have in my pocket is um, I'm not sure if I pronounce it correctly, but it's lipidolite. But it's normally like this kind of icky brownish color. But if you get it with the um, it will have like I think it's lithium <laughs> inclusions and it's more purpley and it's supposed to help with like depression and stuff. But that one's like always in my pocket and it's really pretty. But that is something I learned through this research is that so many of these crystals and stones can be like an entire rainbow of colors based on the impurities that are in them. <laughs> oh yeah. So many of them are just different types of quartz. <laughs> right. Like you could look at two that look exactly the same and they could be actually not the same type of crystal yeah so my favorite mineral is rhodonite it's the massachusetts state mineral and it's like supposed to be good for like traveling in the outdoors and like i don't know a bunch of other stuff but it's this like black and pink stone but there's also another one called like rhodocristinite (laughs) that looks like exactly the same (laughs) but Ooh, Just a little bit different, like, chemical compound. Yeah. Apparently, so. Vermont's state mineral is garnet. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, when it comes to crystals, we all have that one friend that is super into them. And if you don't have that friend, you may be that friend. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I am that friend. But... You are my friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's funny because, like, I'm the crystal friend for a lot of people, but I have crystal friends that, like, <laughs> right, <laughs> actually know things. <laughs> but, so it's not just your crunchy or your witchy friends who love crystals. They have been used for thousands of years for healing purposes, protection, and art or jewelry. So, just like with every other topic where we've taken a ride in the Wayback Machine... Crystals have been used in essentially every culture throughout history, like all over the world. Any culture that has rocks has used some type of crystal gem or something in jewelry, protection, armor, burials, something. Mm 
So for thousands of years, crystals have been made into beads, talismans, and amulets. There have been beads made of ivory from mammoth tusks that were found in a grave in Russia dating back to 60,000 years ago. Holy crap. Which I don't know much about anthropology, but I didn't even know we actually buried people 60,000 years ago. (laughs) That's wild. Yeah. So as you all know, me and Morgan love Egypt. So that (laughs) is true. (laughs) Ancient Egyptians were also huge into crystals for medical, spiritual and decorative purposes. The most common stones that they used were turquoise, carnelian, clear quartz, emerald, and lapis lazuli. So I'm going to talk about lapis a lot later, but lapis is considered one of the most sacred stones to Egyptians of the time. And there's actually a lot of it in um, King Tut's funerary mask. Quote, its function is to open the spiritual site, a useful attribute on the journey to the other world. This mask was more than decoration. It had a magical function to guide and guard the young pharaoh on his way home to the stars and to ensure a good rebirth. That is from the Encyclopedia of Crystals by Judy Hall, which a lot of the information that we have about the individual crystals is from this book. And I know she has a few other books on crystals, um, specifically ones about like what to do for certain ailments. And then I think she has like, I think she also wrote the Crystal Bible. I'm not sure. Haven't read them all, but I did go through the Encyclopedia of Crystals. Oh my gosh, Lapis is so pretty. Yes, so if you don't know what Lapis looks like, it's a really dark blue one. And I'll describe like why it's that way when I get to that part. But uh-huh. it's it's a really good one, and I think I need to buy some because I don't have any yet. <laughs> it's like the most beautiful blue color. Yeah, it's... Oh, actually, I think oh I have a little piece. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I did just a Google image search, and there's <laughs> an entire lapis coffee table that came up. <laughs> oh my god, that has to be so expensive. Yeah, it's almost $16,000 for a coffee table, so <laughs> it's a little out of my budget. That might not be the piece I buy. Um. <laughs> oh, come on. Go big or go home. <laughs> <laughs> Egyptians used topaz and uh, peridot to help fight off night terrors or what they probably assumed were evil spirits. They used lead powder as eyeshadow, and we <laughs> we really needed to get to an episode on Egyptians because they used lead, like, way too much. <laughs> yeah, we should do a whole episode on questionable cosmetic practices just, like, through history. Yes, there was so much lead and gross things and yeah, <laughs> the Amer- just mm, white people did bad things in America. Let me just say that. Um, so crystals are also mentioned in the Old Testament. The high priest Aaron, which, why is his name Aaron? That's like not a Bible name to me, but whatever. <laughs> I just, I read that and I was like, is his name actually Aaron? And then like four sources said it was, so... I haven't read the Old Testament, I guess. So the high priest Aaron is described as wearing a breastplate or pouch. Translation is kind of rough. With 12 crystals on it to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. These crystals are believed to be red jasper, topaz, emerald, ruby, lapis lazuli, diamond, golden sapphire, agate, amethyst, yellow jasper, onyx, and jasper. 
And it is kind of disputed what they were because translations are rough. And obviously, like, Mm -hmm. there's no way to 100% know, like, which stone it actually was because they just kind of talked about the colors of them. (laughs) (laughs) But um, according to God, these were to be set in a gold plate with the 12 tribes' names inscribed on it for divine protection. And these 12 stones are actually where we got the 12 birthstones, but they weren't determined until 1912 by the jewelers of America. Interesting. Yeah. So ancient Greeks also loved their crystals and are where we got many of our crystal names. So fun fact, they believed that quartz was just ice that was so frozen it could never melt. <laughs> um, I do. I think it's quartz that I have a piece of, or it's a different um, clear crystal, but I not positive i don't remember when or where i got it but it literally just looks like a chunk of like restaurant ice honestly (laughs) here's your ice cube yeah so the word crystal actually comes for the greek word for ice so like get it (laughs) um amethyst was worn or turned into like chalices to prevent hangovers and being a bit too drunky and (laughs) i guess amethyst actually means like not drunk or like to not be intoxicated or something (laughs) interesting i love amethyst it's so pretty yeah i am going to talk about it a bit more but it's my birthstone and i might be a little impartial to it because of that but it's i have i think every time i go to a crystal store i buy another piece of amethyst and it's a little bad but i have a lot Mm -hmm. of um Uh, Greek soldiers would also rub hematite on themselves to protect them in battle. Hematite is an iron ore, and the Greeks associated iron with Ares, who you may know is the god of war. And so hematite is a red stone because of the iron ore in it. And so naturally, the word comes from the Greek word for blood, but it's also kind of fitting if it's used in relation to war, in my opinion. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So now we're going to talk a little bit about just the general science of crystals. It's a lot more complicated than this, but like most of our episodes, you don't want to know all the minute details. That would be so boring. So (laughs) I can promise you don't really actually care about how like volcanoes make these things sometimes. Right. So I'm just going to go through the basics and then I will also provide some resources in our sources document. So if you want to look at more, those sources will be available to you. (laughs) So something technically classifies as crystalline if the atoms or ions that compose it are arranged in a uniform pattern. So that being said, this means that salt, sugar, gemstones, graphite, wood, as well as billions of other things are technically crystalline. Wood is? Yep. Huh. But like Maddie said, we're going to be focusing on objects that are commonly described with the colloquial use of the word crystal. Yeah. So there, we kind of touched on this already, but there are some commonly collected, quote, crystals that are actually amorphic and not crystalline. Some examples would be opal, amber, and ivory. So basically, the structure of the crystal is just the chemical compound, and there are actually only seven formations that they can grow into. So those are triclinic, monoclinic, orthrhombic, tetragonal, triagonal, 
hexagonal and cubic. <laughs> that was a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. And there are a bunch of different characteristics that actually are used to classify crystals because like we said before, a lot of them look very similar, especially in their different color forms. So yeah. Yep. First is the crystal system. And like I said before, there's seven forms that they can grow in. Second is the hardness. Crystals are rated from 1 to 10 on the most scale of hardness, with 1 being the softest and 10 being the hardest. The most scale is a scale of the scratchability of stones when they're scratched either by themselves or by something of a lower hardness value, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, for reference, diamonds are always considered a 10, mm-hmm. as we know. but amber is super soft so that would be considered around a two so like you could scratch it with your fingernail yeah anything with a value of six or greater can be safely cleaned with water without ruining it Hmm. yeah that's interesting yeah so third crystals are classified by their chemistry and a crystal is made up of atoms of the same element or atoms of different elements Usually with impurities, which often creates the color, mm-hmm. which is why the same type of crystal can be a bunch of different colors. Oh, yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and fourth, they're classified by chemical and physical properties. And this came straight from an article on thought.com. I will link it in our, I want to say show notes, but in our sources document. <laughs> yeah. So there are four more cat- four main categories as far as chemical and physical properties go yeah the first is covalent crystals and covalent crystals have true covalent bonds between all the atoms in the crystals two are metallic crystals individual metal atoms of metallic crystals sit on lattice sites and that leaves the outer electrons of these atoms free to float around the lattice and metallic crystals tend to be very dense and have high melting points. Hmm. Yeah. I know this is bringing us straight back to, like, <laughs> intro to chemistry, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, a little triggered from... I know, I'm chemistry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I almost was going to go further into it, and I was like, no, I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> Nobody needs to go through a full explanation of the types of bonds and the types of (laughs) sites that crystals can sit on and (laughs) (laughs) anyway the third is ionic crystals and the atoms of ionic crystals are held together by electrostatic forces or also known as ionic bonds and ionic crystals are hard and have relatively high melting points table salt nacl is an example of this type of crystal yeah and the fourth is molecular crystals these crystals contain recognizable molecules within their structures a molecular crystal is held together by non-covalent interactions like van der waals forces or hydrogen bonding molecular crystals tend to be soft with relatively low melting points Hmm. which makes sense if you remember from basic chemistry that Hydrogen bonding and van der Waals forces are, like, softest isn't the right word, but, like, the least strong. They're easy to break. Right, exactly. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, really quickly, before we go into every, all of the f- super fun crystals that we're going to be talking about, I quickly wanted to talk talk about the different shapes that you can buy crystals in and their meanings. Oh. Yeah, so I have this. It's an infographic that we will probably share on the Instagram page. It's from The Healing Gem. And the so there's you can get a knife made out of crystals, which is used for cutting cords. Not like actual cords, but like, you know, symbolically. <laughs> a pyramid is focused energy and removes blockages. Cubes are used for grounding, and they're also really good for um, meditation. A palm stone is really good for grounding, so those are just, like, nice. A lot of people keep them in their car or their purse or something. Mm-hmm. You can do a sphere, which helps with harmony and energy all around. I have a really awesome fluorite sphere that I love. Mm, that uh, sounds so nice to hold in your hand. Yeah, they're, like, really awesome. And then I have... I, it's supposed to be a fluorite ring, but I bought it as like a little stand for my fluorite sphere. <laughs> Very fun. You can get a point, which amplifies energy. Um, clusters. So if you've seen like the amethyst points and stuff, or just like raw crystals, essentially, um, that helps with charging other crystals and themselves and radiates energy. There's a double terminated, like double pointed thing. So like my little amethyst guy that I showed you earlier Mm -hmm. Um, those absorb and emit energy so they absorb bad stuff and give you all the good stuff Um, when it's shaped like a heart it sends love and let me tell you I have a lot of heart shaped crystals (laughs) I have a jade yeah (laughs) Um, an obelisk dissipates negativity egg shaped um, is for fertility and stability so like a Another one is like just like a, it's not a cluster, but it's just like a chunk. So I have a few chunks of just rose quartz. Um, those are just strong, pure energy. You can get a skull, which um, I thought was just like kind of rad looking, but they are to manifest intentions. I want one of those. Yeah. You can get a worry stone, which obviously relieves worries and you can rub your thumb on it. You can get these, it's called Merkaba, but they look kind of like a weird, like, star dice, I guess. Um, It's a vehicle to reach higher realms. Um, This one's called a phantom, but it looks just like a small little um, point. Its inner growth helps let go of past traumas. Octahedron is for balance, grace, and diplomacy. Plates and bowls help cleanse and charge items that are placed in them. Um, scepter directs energy and heals the problem or empowers you flames transform are helpful with transformation manifestation and awakes I don't know what that says Kundalini (laughs) forces within you (laughs) okay Uh, you can get different animals and those like bring if that's like a really special animal or important animal it brings their energy to you geodes animals did you get a cat because yeah. was climbing all over me when you were talking in my She's last trying session to climb onto the microphone love it we're good geodes create better moods balance energy and helps with decision making right. angels connects you to your angels 
Mirrors help in self-reflection. Uh, the twins points help you through relationship issues. And you can also get a penis-shaped crystal, which is helpful with sexual healing, fertility, and manifesting love. So, What about um, mushroom-shaped crystals? That's just for fun. Cool. <laughs> My little rose quartz I have with me is shaped like a mushroom today. Mine just looks like a rock. Yeah, I have... I have a bunch of rose quartz in my window right now. (laughs) All right. You ready to talk about some of the common crystals that you may know and love? Heck yeah. All right. So first we're going to talk about amber, which we already discussed is not actually a crystal, but for all intents and purposes right now it is. (laughs) (laughs) So amber is in the crystal system non-crystalline yeah it's made of carbon hydroxide with impurities it has a hardness of two to two and a half so it's very soft yeah and it's typically sourced out of the uk poland italy romania russia germany myanmar and the dominican republic yeah so i actually my sister a few years ago went to poland and came back with a ton of amber jewelry so i have a really lovely amber ring that keeps breaking but i'm obsessed with it (laughs) (laughs) so what amber is according to the crystal encyclopedia what it is beneficial for is altruism memory trust wisdom and peacefulness Amber beads have been found in graves that dated back to 8,000 BCE. Originally, because of its natural warmth, amber was originally regarded as a living being. Technically, amber isn't a crystal. It's just tree resin that's solidified and become fossilized, which is why in Jurassic Park style, things can become encased in amber. Yeah, and then you can grow dinosaurs. Yeah, please don't anybody do that. That's one of my least... My biggest fears, I'm not going to lie. Do not recommend. I am wearing dinosaur pajama pants right now. Um, In China, it was believed that when a tiger passed, their souls would turn into amber. Amber is a very great grounding stone and a powerful healer and cleanser. It cleans both the environment and chakras. Amber also absorbs negativity and turns it into positive healing energy and can also help in protecting against psychic vampirism which i don't really know what that is but i had to include that because i love what we do in the shadows the tv show and they have an energy vampire so that's just what i assumed it was is just drains all of your livelihood (laughs) yeah that's what i would assume it drains all your positive energy yeah and amber also comes in varying shades of orange red yellow green and brown Ooh, green that would be yeah, so I think most common is, like, orange, red, and then, like, brownish, but then, like, yeah, yellow, like green, or amber really color. Green. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, next we have amethyst, which we already talked about a little bit, but it is part of the tri- trigonal <laughs> crystal <laughs> system. It's made up of silicon dioxide with iron, and it is just a purple variety of quartz. It yep. has a hardness value of seven, and it's sourced all around the world. 
yeah, it's a very common one. I mean, quartz is found, like, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but quartz is found, like, straight up everywhere. So My backyard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's beneficial for physical, emotional, and psychological pain, decision-making, recurrent nightmares, and a zillion other things. Amethyst, as I mentioned, is by far one of my favorite crystals. It is my birthstone, so I'm impartial. And I really love it when I have one that's um, a cluster of of amethyst. And I really like it because the points just look like big globs of grape jelly. And it's like so nice. But awesome. (laughs) Obviously, I don't discriminate and I love all types of amethyst. Um, There are some that look more just like clear quartz with like little specks of purple in it. It's really cool. Um, So like I said earlier, amethyst comes from the Greek and is meant to help prevent drunkenness, but it also (laughs) has many other attributes. If you sleep with amethyst near you like I do, it can help with dream recall and out-of-body experiences, which honestly makes me feel like I should stop sleeping with it because I have a lot of weird dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, Last night, I actually had a dream that I was at a hotel and got to meet the hosts of And That's Why We Drink, and they gave me... A sweatshirt and a mask that says, I got out of bed to be here. (laughs) I love that. So. (laughs) And then Christine, not that you will ever hear this, but would like to make this a reality. (laughs) Please. (laughs) I want to be your friends. (laughs) So also what I'm hearing about Amethyst in my brain. It seems like if you're an Uber or a Lyft driver, you should definitely have amethyst in your vehicle. Yes. To prevent drunkenness. Yes. <laughs> um, it can also help you have a better understanding of self, reconnect with personal values and belief. And also, it is apparently useful in treating addiction and breaking bad habits, which love the idea behind that but we are going to talk about placebo effect later and i do really want to just make a quick note that i'm not saying that amethyst will cure your addictions and sure if you are struggling with addiction you can totally go and get yourself some crystals to help with that but like seek actual help and we can add some resources to the um sources doc but for any actual medical purposes, do not solely rely. Yes. <laughs> do not forgo legitimate Western medicine. Yeah. So I think one of just going to briefly mention this. One of the most important things I learned in my college career was when I took a wellness course and we did a little chart and it was like, is it helpful? Is it harmful? If it's not helping, but it's also not harmful, then you can keep doing it. It doesn't really matter. And if it is helpful and it's not harmful, then definitely keep doing it. But if it's harmful, then don't do it. So if you're forgoing medical treatment to just hang out with crystals, you're just going to... Maybe don't. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we can't tell you what to do, but... Yeah. (laughs) But be careful. Yep. Anyway, our next crystal is selenite. And it's part of the monoclinic crystal system. It's made up of hydrated calcium sulfate. And it's typically sourced from England, the U.S., Mexico, Russia, Austria, Greece, Poland, Germany, France, and Sicily. Which is a lot of places, but it's not found everywhere. So I couldn't just put worldwide. (laughs) Yeah, it's like 
<laughs> it's like, okay, it's England, US, Mexico, a lot of Europe. <laughs> it's not found in Asia. Yeah, or Africa. Or Antarctica. That too. It has a hardness value of two. So it's very soft. Yes. Um, it is beneficial for judgment, insight, aligning the spinal column, flexibility, and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, Selenite gets its name from the Greek moon goddess named Selene, which also means moonlight glow. Selenite is also known as satin spar, maria glass, desert rose. I think there was another one, but I don't remember what it was. Um, it helps with clarifying the mind and stabilizing erratic emotions. Placing a large piece of selenite in your house can help create a peaceful atmosphere, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. And it also has protective properties just being in the house. It's also considered one of the most powerful cleansing stones, sucking up negative energies. And is also one of the only stones that can cleanse other stones. So we don't go much into the detail of cleansing stones later but just briefly if you do have crystals or you buy crystals and you want to clean them or charge them you can either um, sit them in a big cluster of selenite or I think it's also quartz um, or citrine maybe and then also if you want to recharge them you can sage them you can depending on the hardness of them you can soak them in salt water or also just leave them out in the moonlight during a full moon or in your windowsill if you don't want to put them outside. Cool. Yeah. I've never charged any of my crystals, so maybe I should. Yeah, I mean, I just leave mine in my windowsill all the time, so when it's a full moon, I'm like, oh, yes, charge. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, according to Village Silversmith, which is where I have bought, I think, almost all of my crystals, um... They have a lovely Etsy page if you want to look them up. They're local to Massachusetts. Um, But I got some of my information from their website. If you keep selenite underneath your bed, it will help make getting out of bed in the morning easier. So maybe I should try doing that. I think I need some of that as well. (laughs) I'm going to put it under Tyler's pillow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Secret. Yes. All right, so now we're going to talk about quartz, which we already said is super, super common. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of varieties of it, but it's part of the hexagonal crystal system. It's made up of silicon dioxide with various impurities as far as what kind of quartz you're talking about. Oh, yeah. It has a hardness of about seven, and like we said, it's sourced worldwide. Yeah, so... It is beneficial for basically anything. It is considered a master healer. And quartz, as we've said before, comes in a variety of colors and hues. But for today, we're just going to talk about clear quartz, like I am right now, and then rose quartz in a second. And so I have a quote from my crystal encyclopedia. (laughs) Quote, quartz takes energy to the most perfect state possible before the disease sets in, acting as a deep soul cleanser and connects to the physical dimension with the mind. So this crystal is huge in energy regulation and also a great way to cleanse your other crystals. Interesting. Yeah. 
And as far as rose quartz, it's actually part of the trigonal crystal system. And like I said, it's made up of silicon dioxide with impurities. Yeah, so rose quartz is overall an amazing crystal, and I think everybody should have some. Um, <laughs> we both have some sitting right next to us. <laughs> yes. Um, it is a light pink variety of quartz with iron, titanium, and manganese um, impurities in it. Rose quartz is very helpful when it comes to unconditional love and inner peace. So that is both like love in all of your relationships, friendships, and everything, but also it's huge in self-love. I currently have about four pieces of rose quartz in my window. <laughs> yeah, I think I need some more. <laughs> yeah, um, I know people who keep it in, like, literally every single window in their house, like, just because it brings such, like, good vibes or whatever. It's also just so pretty. Um, and... I think that everybody should have some, obviously, and definitely keep it in your windows or by your bed or even on your person. It's also very important in attracting love, supporting relationships, and in emotional healing. Excellent. Next up is aventurine, and it's part of the trigonal crystal system made up of silicon dioxide with a hardness of seven, so very similar to quartz. And it's mainly sourced from Italy, Brazil, China, India, Russia, Tibet, and Nepal. Yeah, so it's beneficial for balancing um, a male-female energy. It's like a yin-yang type of situation. Prosperity, leadership, decisiveness, compassion, empathy, and a whole bunch more. Aventurine is another variety of quartz and is most commonly found in shades of green due to its fuchsite inclusions. Um, but it's also found in a whole bunch of other colors and it's great. It's a really great healing stone specifically for the heart and aventurine um, specifically just like normal aventurine and green aventurine can help clear negative emotions and can also help people connect to nature if they aren't typically super comfy in the outdoors or wilderness. Lovely. And I think aventurine tends to come in like shades of green and blue but i have a piece of blue aventurine and it's very pretty um super awesome cool next up is lapis lazuli which we already talked about a little bit it's that gorgeous gorgeous blue color sometimes it has little like gold flecks in it and it's part of the cubic crystal system it's made up of sodium aluminosilicate. It has a hardness of 5 to 6, and it's mostly sourced from Russia, Afghanistan, Chile, Italy, the U.S., and the Middle East. Lovely. So lapis is beneficial for objectivity, clarity, stress, self-awareness, self-expression, anxiety, just being you. Um, <laughs> As I had mentioned earlier, lapis lazuli is one of the favorite stones of ancient Egyptians. Cleopatra even used it as a pigment pigment in her eyeshadow, which is just, like, iconic. Like, her eye makeup was always, like, top tier in the world. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Even in, like, hieroglyphic, hieroglyphics, the eye makeup was wild. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, the name comes from the Persian word lazuard, meaning blue. And as you've seen, it is very blue. <laughs> it's so pretty. Lapis is a stone that can help you retain information, open the mind to learning, encourages creativity, as well as possibly helping with headaches and jaw pain. 
So if you're a student or anybody who needs a little help retaining info or headache relief, so like me, um, <laughs> this stone might be really good for you. Or if you just want to give off some Cleopatra vibes. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm going to have to get some. Yeah, definitely. I was looking at a Village Silversmith's um, Etsy page like late last night. <laughs> and I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is Jade, which is one of my favorites. I have some right here next to me. Yes. And it's part of the monoclinic crystal system. It's made up of sodium, aluminum, silicate with impurities. It has a hardness of six, and it's mainly sourced from the U.S., China, Italy, Myanmar, Russia, the Middle East, and New Zealand. So it's beneficial for longevity, self-sufficiency, and detoxification, but it's also had um, massive importance throughout history, especially in China and also for the Maori people of New Zealand. Um, In China, it's been seen in their culture since at least 4000 BCE. This, uh, quote, the stone is a symbol of purity, serenity, and nurturing. It's a, quote, dream stone. Jade stabilizes the personality and intrigues mind and body, or integrates mind and body. This stone encourages you to become who you really are, recognizing yourself as a spiritual being on a human journey, end quote. And jade is traditionally used for good luck, attracting money, and success. But again, it is, like, culturally, like, carvings of jade and, like, jade amulets are extremely important in like historically Chinese culture. So just want to mention that because some people do like use it inappropriately. Like, especially when it's like carved into dragons and stuff, like just be mindful that like not to appropriate other people's culture. Yep. Always not just Jade. (laughs) Yes. Next is Jasper which is part of the trigonal crystal system. It's made up of silicon dioxide, which you can tell by now is very common in crystals. And it has a hardness of seven, and it's sourced worldwide. Yes. So Jasper is beneficial for electromagnetic and environmental pollution, radiation, stress, and a zillion other terrible things. Um, (laughs) Jasper is another more dense variety of quartz and tends to have red in it due to iron. But it also comes in a variety of whole different colors that really um, vary based on like where you get it, like find it. And Jasper can help ground you, making you more present and positive. It is also known as the Supreme Nurturer Stone, absorbing negative energies and balancing you out. Next is Aquamarine, part of the hexagonal crystal system, made up of beryllium aluminum silicate plus iron. It has a hardness value of 7.5 to 8, so it's kind of on the harder end of the spectrum. And it's mainly sourced from the U.S., Mexico, Russia, Brazil, India, Ireland, Zimbabwe, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. Yeah, so Aquamarine is a lovely movie. Um, Oh my gosh, that's all I could think about. (laughs) Same, every time I read it, I'm like, Aquamarine. Beneficial for pollutants, stress, intuition, fear, etc., 
Um, aquamarine is actually blue because of the iron, apparently, which is interesting because iron in other sources made it red. But right. I guess the way it reacts turns it blue. So aquamarine was frequently used to help in journeys by water for the sailors and comes from the Greek word meaning seawater. According to the Village Silversmith Etsy page, quote, aquamarine is a powerful stone for releasing anger and staying calm in tense situations. Its energy is similar to the ocean, soothing and comforting, making it a wonderful relaxation stone. Aquamarine is great sleep aid and keep by the wet. Kept if you keep it by the bed. Oh my god, I can't speak. Um, <laughs> which is great news because I do keep mine on my windowsill next to my bed, and it's also just such a pretty stone. Um, you should buy it just to even look at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really like mine, and I mean, when I read that it was energy similar to the ocean, I was like, oh, terrifying and chaotic, and they're soothing, comforting. <laughs> But <laughs> perfect. Next is obsidian, which is one of my favorites. It's non-crystalline, so it's amorphous. It's made up of also silicon dioxide with impurities. Yeah. It has a hardness of five to five and a half. It's mainly sourced from Mexico and volcanic regions. Yeah, so it's beneficial for compassion, strength, detoxification, digestion of things that are hard to accept, and a few other things. Um, Obsidian is actually just volcanic glass, um, and it was historically commonly used in tools and weapons, since it is pretty sharp and dangerous. Um, And I feel like everybody has heard of obsidian arrowheads at some point. It's beautiful. It's like a deep, deep black. Oh, yeah. It's very cool. Especially like, wow. It's just, it's crazy how it's made, too. Just, mm-hmm. um, Obsidian is a very powerful protection stone, helping to stabilize scattered energy, as well as making you more alert to your sounding, surroundings. And Village Silversmith suggests carrying it when, with you when you travel, which honestly makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Just don't carry it in knife form because TSA will take it off. Mm. Yes. (laughs) And this is our last crystal. Next is agate. It's part of the trigonal crystal system. Once again, it's made up of silicon dioxide. (laughs) (laughs) It has a hardness value of six, and it's mostly sourced from the U.S., India, Morocco, Czech Republic, Brazil, and Africa. Yeah, so it is beneficial for emotional trauma, self-confidence, and perception. Um, There are a ton of varieties of agate that can be found all over. Agate can help in stabilizing emotions and releasing stress. It can help cleanse you. It also includes the physical tension you you may feel from stress, and it is considered a great stone to hold at the end of a long day. If you've had, like, a terrible day at work... Um, it can also help bring physical, emotional, and intellectual balance while also bringing a soothing energy. And there are so many varieties of agate, and each has their own additional benefits. So if you decide that you want some agate, honestly, just go for whichever colors you're drawn to. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, and I feel like that's the general consensus for most crystals is like, just kind of go and Really, just decide whichever one speaks to you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Exactly. So, just some ending notes. Obviously, crystals have become even more popular in the last five to ten years or so. Tons of celebrities swear by them and wellness companies and whatever. Honestly, Maddie and I could probably make an entire podcast making fun of Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop, but that's a story for another day. (laughs) That is a story for another day. Yeah. I'm sorry, Goop. Your wellness techniques are terrifying. Yes, I'm totally going to buy a metal straw with rose quartz on it for like $300. (laughs) No, thank you. No. (laughs) But anyway, so as the demand for crystals has increased exponentially, some concerns slash questions have arisen. Mm -hmm. First is the ethics of crystal mining. So we felt that we couldn't talk about crystals without talking about the ethics of how crystals are acquired. We didn't really mention this before, but crystals can be lab-created or natural. Mm-hmm. Lab-created crystals are still made from, made from mined minerals, but they're just grown in a lab from a seed crystal rather than mining the entire crystal. Yeah. Or like a cluster, kind of like you were talking about before. Hold on, really quick before you continue, I just remembered this. There is a customer... That, like a regular that comes into the coffee shop I work at and she is a lovely human being but she orders chemicals in bulk from Amazon and grows her own crystals yes I didn't go into that but I wanted to yeah she always tells me about it and she brought one in to show me one day and it was so cool that's our new project yes she was like it takes a very long time and then sometimes like you have to like put them in the sunlight to get different colors in there. It was it was crazy. She was like, "Yeah, sometimes you can just put a piece of copper wire in, and that like changes the whole thing." It's crazy, but yes, it's continue. awesome. It reminds me of I don't know if in elementary school you guys ever did the experiment where you make rock candy in like a jar. I don't remember if we did that or not, but like it sounds very familiar <laughs> because sugar is crystalline. So you put like sugar and boiling water into a jar and then put a string in it and Mm -hmm. eventually it creates rock candy but that's basically an easy explanation of how you can grow your own crystals there's tons of stuff out there about it if you're interested totally do it and send us pictures yes but yeah so thanks for sharing that i forgot to mention that yeah it's definitely like a really cool thing especially like if you're good at science or into the like chemistry and stuff and And it's cool because you can make something from basically nothing yeah like i said natural crystals are mined unfortunately mining in many places can result in environmental damage seeing how they seeing as how they literally blow holes in mountains (laughs) (laughs) and child labor slash unfair labor practices It's a little bit, it's hard to talk about because it's different in pretty much all countries, but long story short, it's great if you can try and find crystals that are, quote, ethically sourced, you know, or like buy them used or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, don't buy blood diamonds. No, right. I didn't even mention blood diamonds, but it's along the same lines. Yeah, (laughs) just in general. Like, don't, like, try if you're, like, I buy from Village Silversmith because I've 
heard very good things about them and like they're supposedly ethically sourced but like you can get crystals for very very cheap at some sketchy stores and i like crap stores selling versions of them that i would imagine probably aren't it's like kind of like the whole fast fashion thing yeah (laughs) don't don't buy fast crystals (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) but anyway uh, that being said, I'll just refer you to a few articles from The Guardian that seem to sum up things along these lines better than I ever could. They're long articles and they go into great detail, and I'll put those in our additional information section in the sources document, but I definitely wanted to mention that just so we didn't skip over it. Yeah. And now I'm going to talk about the placebo effect and our final thought. According to Wikipedia, there's, quote, no peer-reviewed scientific evidence that crystal healing has any effect and it's considered a pseudoscience. Alleged successes of crystal healing can be attributed to the placebo effect, end quote. That being said, we're not trying to discount anybody that, like, has a heavy belief in crystals. Oh, yeah. I just, like we said before, we don't... We don't want to make you think that, like, getting a crystal is going to fix your broken leg. <laughs> yeah, like, don't... There's some crystals that are like, oh, this helps with, like, this type of cancer and stuff. And, like, appreciate that, like, people are using that as, like, a totem and, like, everything. But also, like, see a doctor. Like, that we have modern medicine for a reason. Like, don't <laughs> veto it just because... Some dude at a crystal store says, like, this one's going to help you. Right. In 1999, researchers French and Williams conducted a study that investigated the power of crystals compared to a placebo. And 80 volunteers were asked to meditate with either a quartz crystal or a placebo stone, which was indistinguishable from quartz. (laughs) And many of the participants reported feeling typical, quote, crystal effects... However, this was not respective of whether the crystals were real or placebo. Yeah. So, also in 2001, Christopher French, head of the Anomalistic Psychology Research Unit at the University of London, which sounds like an amazing place to research. Oh, yeah. And his colleagues from Goldsmiths College outlined their study of crystal healing at the British Psychological Society annual conference, concluding, quote, there is no evidence that crystal healing works over and above placebo effect. But like we said, with the exception of foregoing actual doctors and medicine in favor of crystals, just like anything else, live your life. If you use crystals for their metaphysical properties, great. If you're like me and just think they're pretty and nice to hold, great. If they make you feel good, great. If you don't like them, also great. Do what you want. (laughs) And I think that's, like, such a good point to make. And honestly, like, I tend to carry them with me, but it's more like a something grounding. Like, I have... It's comforting, for sure. Yeah. Like, I have diagnosed anxiety disorder. Like, it's not ideal situation to live with. But, hey, we're here. Um, (laughs) Hey, we both made a podcast. So... Yeah. (laughs) We're good. We're good. (laughs) But it's one of those things, like, I... If they have, like, points on them, it's nice to just, like, poke the point. And it's kind of, like, a nice, like, grounding. Like, okay, like, 
if you're having like a bad anxiety day it's just nice to like grab something in your pocket like the worry stones and stuff it's a lot of just it's like a grounding technique for a lot of people with anxiety and other things and a lot of people do truly feel like okay like this stone is helping me take away these bad energies from myself or like from the environment and so it's kind of in a way like manifesting Mm -hmm. I think and I did talk to an old boss who was a social worker about this in like pretty good detail one day just about how like it is such a placebo effect thing, but also, like, it helps so many people, and there's no reason not to if you're, like, still going on with your daily life and everything else you're supposed to be doing, like, carrying a rock in your pocket's not going to hurt you. <laughs> exactly. Do what you want. Yeah. I think that's it. I think so, too. Yeah. As usual, stay tuned next Monday and every Monday for new episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen. We're on Instagram at Monday Mornings Pod, on Twitter at Monday Mornings P, and we have a Facebook page. If you have questions or topics or pictures of the crystals you grew at home, uh, <laughs> yes, most importantly, <laughs> email them to us at Monday Mornings Pod at gmail.com or DM us, please. We love to talk to you guys. It's fun. It is fun. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes, or even if you just know us or like us, or maybe you just want to support a small podcast, please rate and or review us on iTunes. Please. Tell your friends. I said please. <laughs> Pretty please with a cherry on top. <laughs> I'm just going to continue to bully you into rating us. <laughs> but as but. always... Start your Monday mornings the right way with Maddie and Morgan. Bye. See you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>